Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings, you career-minded superstars. How's it going? If you're a football lover, specifically for me, college football, I hope that your team is doing great and you have something to cheer about. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of using a recruitment agency. As with so many of the podcasts that I put out, it really comes from what what are clients asking me about? What are people talking about in their consults with me? What am I seeing out in the zeitgeist and my professional forum at forums and things like that? And certainly I get a lot of questions about using recruiters. So I wanted to kind of drive drive a couple of points home, drill down on specifics here. So first of all, let's define this. I'm talking about, for this purpose, a third-party recruiter, meaning this is someone who works for a recruiting firm, a recruitment agency. They are not someone who works at company ABC in the position of a recruiter. That's a very different beast and approach very differently. You're going to be working with that recruiter, but you're not going to be likely solicited by that recruiter Um, unless you have a very highly um, specialized skill set. So we're going to be talking about third-party recruiters. In the most simple form, there are two types of third-party recruiters. There are retained search, sometimes called executive search firms, and then contingency recruiters. Retained search firms are hired with exclusivity, exclusivity. So they are the only player in the game. A company contracts up front, with a retained or executive search firm to do kind of the whole nuts and bolts ball wax of the hiring process. Regardless of the outcome, they are being paid for the service that they provide. They're often doing market research. They're determining internal bench strength. In other words, are there potential internal candidates for this job? They're going to locate and source candidates. They're going to research them. They're going to have initial interviews with them. And then they're going to bring the top usually two to three candidates forward for internal hiring processes. They may also negotiate the compensation package. And retained search firms are typically used for jobs at about 150000 and up. That does vary, again, if it's a very highly select, hard-to-find, hard-to-fill position. They may go, and typically, of course, that's going to, going to track with compensation might be a little bit below 150, but they have to go that way to get what they want. But typically, you're talking about 150,000 above. A retained search recruiter, who's often called an executive recruiter, is only going to likely be reaching out to someone if they could possibly match the criteria. They are 
engaged in highly specialized, highly select, very labor-intensive job search. So they don't have time to source people for down the road. If you think about at the executive level, a company is going to have a very specific set of criteria for that job. And so trying to find people ahead of having a job requisition is kind of not a good use of their time. So they're going to be working on the search that's right in front of them. And they're only going to be handling a handful of job searches a year because, again, it's so labor intensive. Contingency firms, on the other hand, are one of many. So there may be six to 12 contingency firms that receive the same job notice from a company. They've set up some kind of a working relationship with them. And then it becomes an arms race to get the candidate in because only the contingency firm that gets the candidate in that gets hired will get paid. None of the other ones will. So for that reason, it is in their interest to build a database of people. So whether they're working in a specific industry or they're working in a specific job function, they want to get likely candidates in a database because they have to act quickly as soon as they get that job requisition. So one thing that I always recommend is when you are reached out to by a recruiter, especially if you're at those lower levels, you know, if you're already making two fifty, three hundred thousand, you're not going to be reached out to by a contingency recruiter. But if you're in those, you know, hundred thousand dollar range, you want to ask them if they're reaching out to you, is this for a current position? It could be, but it can also be that they're trying to create a database. Now, if you're not actively job searching, that may be a good job search strategy for you. Get in their database. If it's if you like it, you you know do some homework. You like the individual that you're working with who has reached out to you. You like the 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 firm seems to you know have their act together. You may choose to be in their database for down the line. But if you're actively job searching, I will say that's probably not a good use of your time because it can be. I've had clients tell me it's taken them hours, if not days to complete paperwork, take tests, submit material, all of that for nothing in the immediate future. And again, if you're actively job searching, you're really concerned with getting that next job. When I am working with a client to create their customized job search strategy, they're often surprised that I have on the, we work off of a form and we create their job search strategy on this, on this form. And in one of the options is reach out to recruiters I already have a relationship with as a passive job search strategy. They think it should be an active strategy. They're like, isn't that networking? The reason I consider it to be an, a passive sat strategy is that you have no control over what the recruiter has available. So it's kind of like looking for a needle in a stack of needles, as I like to say. Recruiters also have told me that for every company they have a position with, they have six to 10 or more qualified applicants. They're, they're rarely lacking for applicants. What their time is spent doing when they can is getting new clients because that's where they make their money. They don't make their money from you, the candidate. They make their money from the company that is bringing that candidate forward. And so I think it's also important for, because of that to remember that they're not in the business of helping you. Any service that they provide to you, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment, is really out of service to the employer, right? Making you a better candidate, you know, eliminating anything about you that may disqualify you as a good candidate, that kind of thing. 
Now, the other piece of that is recruiters that I already have a relationship with. Because again, I think they're trying to find the right recruiter who's looking for you when you're looking for them. You're in active job search mode. It's, again, that needle in a stack of needles. So if you have existing relationships with recruiters, or maybe you have a colleague who has talked highly about a recruiter and you've never talked to them, but this colleague of yours that you respect has had a good relationship, then those are kind of known quantities. That's fine. Reach out to them. Get them your resume. We're going to talk a little bit more about how to cultivate those relationships. But just in terms of going on LinkedIn and trying to find recruiters, it's very time intensive, very labor intensive. And I don't think it's the best use of your time. Rather, what I recommend is to have a top-notch LinkedIn profile because then that acts, I always call it recruiter flypaper, right? You're just pulling those recruiters in not only with the content, but with how that content is laid out so that it picks up on the searches that recruiters do to find candidates. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So that's that's great because you're doing other job search activities. You're out there networking, you're going to events, you're meeting people one-on-one, whatever you're doing for your job search. and And while that's going on, the recruiters are researching you and coming to you. Now, let's talk about these pros and cons of working with a recruiter. Pros, first of all, you do have access to job opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise do because a lot of them, particularly the executive level, aren't going to be posted. So when a company works with definitely with an executive search firm, that job is the exclusive domain of that search firm. Now, the search firm may market it in some way that is appropriate, but the company is not doing With contingency firms, it's likely that they'll put it on their job board. They might put it on, you know, LinkedIn or wherever, but then they're also reaching out to their stable of contingency recruiters to let them know. But you are increasing your chances. We've talked before about the, depending on which source you look at, 70 to 85% of jobs that are in the hidden job market. This is one aspect of the hidden job market. So that's number one, access to job opportunities. Number two, industry expertise. You may be working with a recruiter that specializes in either your industry or your job function, and they're going to be very knowledgeable about, you know, kind of what's going on in the hiring. What do you need to do to be successful in the job market today? What are maybe some trends or themes that you need to be, you know, brushed up on so that you can speak intelligently about them? Number three is time saving. A recruiter can save you time and effort by matching you with suitable job opportunities. So, you know, they can also help you maybe streamline the application process and provide you with valuable insights into the hiring company that really help you get your foot in the door more quickly or get your your foot in the door more effectively, let's say. Number four is interview preparation. So some of these recruiters will help you with guidance on interview. They may practice with you. They may have some insider info into some, you know, unique aspects of interviewing that that company engages in and they want to, you know, help you to navigate that and kind of just overall what to expect during the process. The next one is negotiation assistance. So especially at the executive level, recruiters can maybe even help you with salary negotiation, the benefits discussion, the total compensation package and helping you to evaluate that. 
And then finally, feedback and coaching. So some recruiters are going to provide you with feedback on your resume. So they may, you know, make suggestions. There are some who will rewrite your resume for you. Be cautious about that because they are recruiters. They're not resume writers. So, but they may have a connection with a professional resume writer like me where they would send you to someone like me. And then they may give you feedback on on your interview performance. So they may be able to look back and tell you things about how you did in the interview that the people in that company would not say to you. So overall, it's kind of helping you to improve your chances down the line. Now for the cons of working with a recruiter. Number one, you have limited control. So when you're working with a recruiter, you're going to have less control over the job search process because the recruiter is going to prioritize the client's interest over yours. It is all about the client and getting the right candidate in the door for them. So make no mistake, they are not working on your behalf. Everything and anything that they do for you is is to increase the chances that they're going to make a successful hire for that company. Number two, not all industries use recruiters. So there's going to be some recruiters or some industries, some regions, perhaps jobs that are, there's a lot more candidates than there are jobs. They don't need to use a recruiter because typically, depending on whether it's a contingency recruiter or retained search firm, there are thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars involved in hiring one of these people, especially those retained search firms. And they're not going to do that if they don't need to do that, if it can either be handled in-house or, again, they have so many candidates, they don't have to worry about it. It could also be, unfortunately, that the job has a lot of turnover and they don't want to keep paying to hire people for a job that they know people are going to leave. So usually that's not a great environment. Number three Limited company options. So, and again, this really speaks to if all you're doing is working with a recruiter and I never want you to put all your eggs in one basket. So your job search should never be just about job boards or just about recruiters or just about, you know, LinkedIn, let's say. It's got to have a combination of things that make sense for you. But in terms of working with a specific recruiter, they're not going to have access. They're not going to be working with every company in your industry or that hire for your job function. So you're going to be limited to the companies that have posted positions with them. The quality of service is another big one. This can really vary and also the professionalism of the recruiters. I've personally heard horror stories of recruiters who just ghost candidates, which is particularly interesting when the candidate tells me that the recruiter reached out to them unsolicited. They weren't out there trying to find a job. They're just going about their business. This recruiter reaches out. They spend however much time engaged in the process with the recruiter. And then all of a sudden, the recruiter goes dark on them. And then finally, employer requirements. Oftentimes, employers tell the recruiter that they want two to three, maybe as many as five candidates to come forward. And so even when you are, you know, you're still one of three or you're still one of four or five. So you still have a, you know, 20 to 50% chance maybe of getting the job. So it's it's not a done deal just because a recruiter puts your name forward. So if you decide to work with a recruiter, do your research, whether this is someone that you know, someone that a friend knows, you want to make sure you do your research about what companies do they represent, what's their track record, 
get some recommendations from them uh, and make sure that they specialize in your industry or your job type. And don't, and as I said earlier, don't rely solely on recruiters for your job search or for that matter, solely on any other one job search strategy to get the job done. Now for DIY versus DFY. So the do-it-yourself that I want to talk about has to do with developing long-term relationships with recruiters. And remember, I talked about recruiters you already have a relationship with. So how do you do that? I've got three good suggestions for you. Number one, keep the door open. So just because a recruiter reaches out to you and maybe it's a bad time, maybe you are in a crunch period at work, maybe you are, are going out for maternity leave or sick leave or you know, you're having your niece operated on whatever it is, it's just a bad time. So that job that they're reaching out to you for may pass by, but I want you to still keep the door open. And we're going to talk about how to cultivate that relationship. So you want to do your homework. Let's say recruiter, you know, Bob reaches out to you. You don't know him. You're going to research him, check him out on LinkedIn, see who he's connected to. Who do you have in common? Who can you maybe reach out to and get a little bit of info on Bob? Check out Bob's company. Make sure you can find, you know, probably on his LinkedIn profile, what industries does Bob work with? Maybe he has specific relationships with companies. And you also want to evaluate from day one, is this somebody accessible? It's one thing for Bob to be, of course, Bob is going to be accessible when he reaches out to you. But when you reach out to Bob, does Bob respond? That's a big one that I'm hearing issues with for recruiters. So whether it's that they're just slammed or not, don't have good time management skills, whatever. If you can't get a hold of them when you need to within reason, then they're not a good fit, right? So keep the door open. Number two, quid pro quo. Think about ways that you can offer value to that recruiter. It's not just a one-way street where they're going to find you your next great job. Think about, are there candidates? Are there people that you come across that might be a good fit for that recruiter to at least have a conversation with? Could you update the recruiter on current events? So it could be one to let you know that, you know, my job is now requiring this certification or Here's a trend I'm seeing or wanted to let you know what my company is doing if you're a major player in whatever industry or, or job function that this recruiter works with. And then just kind of reach out periodically with no agenda. Like, hey, I wanted to check in with you. Maybe this person is located, you know, somewhere that you travel to on work. And so maybe once or twice a year, you offer to, hey, let me take you to dinner while I'm in town, or let me, let's meet up for coffee while I'm in town, that kind of thing. So that's quid pro quo. And then number three, be willing to have the conversation whenever possible. We talked about, you know, it may not be a good time for you then, but when it is possible, at least listen to what the recruiter has to say, rather than ignoring, that's a big one. If you ignore them or refuse to speak to them, you know, say, hey, I can't, and you just keep pushing away, they're going to move on and they're not going to consider you a viable candidate. And you want to keep that relationship going if, in fact, you know, you've done your homework and you like what you see. So, you know, stay on their radar screen by being willing to have that conversation. The Noah's Ark analogy is appropriate here. He did not wait for it to start raining before he started building. So I want you to cultivate relationships with a few key recruiters when the sun is shining. Now, here's my done for you. 
advice. And this has to do with having a top-notch LinkedIn profile. I want it to be recruiter flypaper. And the best way to do that is to have a qualified, experienced professional like me write that profile for you. Because it's not just about the words that you use. It's how the whole thing is put together. We who work on LinkedIn profiles on a daily basis know where do recruiters search? How does their search function in LinkedIn work? And what do you need to do? What can we do for you to maximize that? Invariably, clients will tell me that after I write their profile and everything's uploaded, that they get a significant uptick in both quantity and quality of recruiters reaching out to them. And that's what you want, right? So you want really great content in the right place and you want good curb appeal. So that background photo, you know, having that customized for you and just making sure the thing looks pretty and everything is, again, has that good curb appeal. If you would like to speak with me about writing your LinkedIn profile, I've put my link to my calendar in the show notes. We can also talk about, if you're interested, how I can help you maximize the use of LinkedIn so we can do some training around that, not on how, what button do I push to update my profile, but rather what's the best strategy for you to be noticed more on LinkedIn, whether it's by recruiters, whether it's, you know, you want to position yourself as a thought leader, whatever your goal is, we can talk about strategies to get you there and map that out for you. So my link to my calendars in the show notes, and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.